As women, we share some of the same personal traits, such as empathy and strength. Women of reflection, all women are unified as warriors. We celebrate, embrace a sisterhood of strong, divine women. We are warriors. Hello, warriors. Here we are. It's October, a month full of greatness. One, it's my anniversary month, and it's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. In honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I am joining the Light in the Window campaign, which is to spread the light of peace to end domestic violence from state to state. There are so many ways to bring awareness. But on today's episode, I am so honored to have an anonymous guest co-host who is a survivor like myself to share her story and help spread awareness. So hello. Hi, how are you? I am great. I am so happy to have you today on this platform to help me spread awareness to a topic that is so dear to me. And I just want you to just introduce yourself and share your stories to our warrior platform. Uh, I am a survivor of domestic violence. I'm a mom and I don't like calling myself a victim because we aren't victims. We are survivors for moving forward. I want you to share with the warrior audience a little bit about your first encounter and how domestic violence has entered into your life. Domestic violence uh, really kind of entered into my life when I was a little bit younger. I first got pregnant with my daughter with her father. Him and I were just friends so we really weren't in a romantic relationship with each other. So kind of jumping into it, we're like, hey, you know, what do we do here? (laughs) So we just, you know, we figured it out as being friends. We just jumped into it with no actual like romantic value in it. And I think that's where the disconnect really stemmed from because once our daughter was born, I think it was just more of an emotional thing for me where it became more of an emotional thing, just being a father for him. The relationship aspect really kind of, you know, took a backseat on, you know, his priority list at that time where, you know, I I don't believe in the whole um, happy wife, happy life. I believe it's like happy spouse, happy house. So, you know, if, if you're, you know, helping one another, uh, I feel like as long as you're focusing on being happy as a unit, it really shows success in a family aspect. And if that's what we were trying to do, then we really weren't working together as a unit. And during my pregnancy, it was a lot of verbal abuse. He would get intoxicated and belittle me and call me names and say things like, you know, any other person in the world, you know, oh, any other person in the world. And it would make me feel like as a mom, like I was going through all of these changes in my body and I felt amazing. Like as a woman, I was creating life. You know, I've been told since I was 16, I wouldn't be able to get pregnant and I, I'm having a baby. So it was so overwhelming for me emotionally, but then having the person who blessed me with this, tell me that I wasn't worthy of it was really intoxicating to my mental health. And so Once my daughter was born and I separated myself from that aspect of the relationship because I saw that it wasn't growing emotionally and him and I both were suffering by staying with each other. And that wasn't something that 
we wanted to raise our daughter in. That wasn't the type of environment that him and I wanted to raise our daughter in. So mutually we did separate and we went our separate ways. You know, it was rough in the beginning, but that was my first like real encounter with the emotional abuse aspect of it. Once I separated from him, I should have given myself, I guess, a little bit more time to heal from that emotional trauma. Plus like with the postpartum depression mixed in it, but instead of healing on my own and finding finding comfort within loving myself again and loving the aspect of being a mom, I found solace in my friends, which which is not necessarily bad, but I fell in love with one of them. And <laughs> though I thought I knew him for a really long time or I trusted him, I guess you don't really know people until you actually emotionally involve yourself with them and you start seeing them in a different aspect, in a different point of view. I mean, it's hard to step away from something that you have grown to love so much because you still love it no matter what, but you know that it's hurting you, you know that it's hindering you, and you know that it's not helping you grow. So him and I, we dated really successfully for about you know a year and a half until I had found out that he was really, you know, dishonest and was doing a lot of things behind my back. He wasn't, you know, actively cheating on me, but he was out there being promiscuous enough to draw attention to himself and give attention to others the way he shouldn't while being in a relationship. And after going through what I went through with my daughter's father, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this. I put my foot down, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm leaving. I'm a mom. I'm strong. I have to do this. I left for about maybe three months and then came right back. <laughs> and it was hard because he was my best friend. And I didn't know who to talk to anymore, or who to call, or he was there for everything during the separation between my daughter's father and I, you know, not even as a romantic aspect, he was there as my friend. So me leaving him was more of me losing somebody that was so close to me. And so I went back and it was more of just finding comfort in the friendship again versus the romantic aspect. Because for me, I felt like the romantic aspect had already been tainted. My trust was already mutilated and I had already suffered, you know, from depression and all of that from my daughter's father and postpartum. I didn't want to have to have that cloud my judgment of who he was because, you know, maybe he was going through something. I mean, this was during the pandemic. He had an amazing job beforehand. And then, you know, lost everything. So that demasculates a man a lot when he goes from being able to be a full-time supplier and give you everything that he feels like he can to not being able to give you a scoop of ice cream if he wanted to, you know, it, it hinders somebody's spirit in that aspect. So I can understand why he would project some of his negative energy on me. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that I was worthy of it. So those are things that I'm starting to learn now. But it really started escalating because of the fact that I lost trust for him because of the fact that I lost that emotional spark, if you can call it. And we would get into so many arguments after that. I mean, every little thing was just so triggering. because It's like, I don't trust you. Like, I don't trust anything that you're doing. You've shown me that you can love me to my face, but then just completely act like I'm nothing behind my back. How am I supposed to love that? And that was just something that would bottle up in my head all the time. No matter how much he would try to like manipulate my head and be like, no, 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 it's nothing. It, it was just a year ago. Don't hold it over my head. Yeah, but you're still doing the same thing. 
and him and I got into a bit of an argument, but I was going on like a detox, really. Him and I both, like prior to the event that we went to, we had told each other we didn't want to get like too intoxicated or anything. And we really thought we were doing good. I kid you not, I wouldn't have thought that it would have escalated to the levels that it did. But I guess you mix anger with any type of substance that's going to alter your mental state. That's just a mix for bad news. So we had had a couple of drinks and we decided we wanted to go to an event after the game that we were leaving. We got into a really nasty argument and one thing led to another. And that's when it really all started happening. He swung on me. He grabbed me by my neck. And I mean, it was a lot to endure in the moment because it was happening all so fast. And you're seeing this person become someone that you don't even recognize anymore. And I mean, I'm no one innocent in the situation. Obviously, we're arguing with each other. And I could have said something that maybe I didn't know would have triggered him so easily. I don't know all of his triggers. But at the same time, I shouldn't be responsible for the reactions of them either. I shouldn't be held victim to them at least. Um, But yeah, it ended up escalating to the point where I ended up in the hospital and I had a concussion, two cracked teeth, bruises. My eye was bruised so bad that it was completely shut. Um, one of my other eyes was bruised. I had his handprint around my neck for 12 days before it actually started fading. It's just crazy because I know what he did to me was wrong, but that didn't stop me from loving him. And I want to stop right there just to give you a breathing moment. That is normal for victims or survivors. And this is what I would like my audience to know is that when you are a survivor or a victim who's experienced domestic violence, you walk away from the abuser. You walk away because you want them to stop abusing you. But it's not like a normal or typical relationship where you walk away from him because you had enough or you fell out of love. So the love still lives on, but you leave because you want the abuse to stop, whether it's verbal, whether it's physical, whether it's mental. But then once you leave, it is so hard to fall out of love and allow your heart to understand this is where I cannot be anymore. So exactly what you said is definitely normal. And I have been there myself. I went back multiple times. You know, it got to the point where people didn't even believe me anymore. They were just like, oh, you're never going to leave him. You like this. I want people to understand to give grace because it is something difficult. It's not like a typical relationship that you leave out of. So I salute you so much for admitting that. You know, it's tough because like you said, it wasn't my choice to leave because I stopped loving him. It was my choice to leave because I I deserved better because I knew at that point in time, that line that was crossed, that could never be acceptable again. That's just something that like, even if I were to forgive him 10 years down the line or five years down the line, whatever the case might be, it doesn't matter what he does for my family, the morality of my family, the depth of how strong we hold our respect and our integrity, it would never be accepted again. You lose perception of who you are as a person at that point, you know, and Even my family was so encouraging because they knew the struggles that we would go through. But, you know, my dad would tell me like, you know, well, you're not the easiest to deal with, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I I know I'm difficult. Yeah, I'm a Virgo. I get it. But 
Um, <laughs> I, you know, he would always tell me to just like, try to understand from a man's perspective, he is trying and, you know, he's not the father of your child. So there are certain things that maybe he wants to do that he just feels like he can't do. And it's like, you know, it was always just a roller coaster of, I want to understand this man to a depth that maybe it can help him. But at the same time, I was losing myself in the process of it. And, you know, I related to when you would say, like, I could name a thousand things that he loved. I could name his favorite colors, like whether there was multiple of them. But you would ask me the things that I would like to do or like things I like to do on my free time. If it didn't involve him, I didn't really know what I liked. And that started bothering me a little bit once I separated from him and I started trying to refine myself again. And in all honesty, I'm falling in love with myself and falling in love with being able to find who I am again. Cause there are things that I like about myself now that I never even thought I'd like about myself, you know, when I first got pregnant with my daughter. So there's so many different levels to me now that I'm trying to relearn, but also accept that what happened to me was meant to happen for me to be able to become who I am right now. I love it. So I have a question for you in your healing journey. And now that you're able to identify the things that you love, how were you able to take care of yourself in moments when emotions felt big to bring a sense of calm and balance to yourself? So how, like, what are things that you did to do that for yourself? I like being outside a lot. So if I find myself getting a little bit too overwhelmed, honestly, I'll go outside and I'll lay a blanket out and I just try to lay flat on the ground and I'll start counting my breaths and I start paying attention to my breathing versus paying attention to the thoughts that are in my head, because that's really what my main battle is for me. I can have a huge smiling face on the outside, but I am going through a mental war on the inside and nobody would ever know So that's just, you know, that's one of the things that I do to really kind of just calm myself is just focus on my breathing, focus on the pace of which my breathing is at, because if it's escalating, then obviously I'm overworking my body and I'm going to cause myself to pass out. I mean, that's just physics. And if that doesn't work, then I just take a cold shower. I'm real Hispanic about it. I'm like, nope, let's go get in there. (laughs) I love to shock myself out of it, but. I don't know. My mom used to do that to me when I had anxiety attacks when I was a little girl. So I guess it's just kind of like a when when a Puerto Rican says, pon, pon vix, you know, put some Vicks on it. Uh, just throw in a cold shower. She'll be fine. So. I love it. I have to try that one. I've never done that. Oh, it definitely works. <laughs> I want to ask you, what are some common myths? that you hear about victims that you would love to change? I hate hearing that we're, you know, attention seeking. If we ever try to speak out and tell our story, you always have those people that want to be supportive, but then you always have those that are like, oh, well, what did you do? How did it all happen? I need the whole context. Sometimes you just don't need the whole context. Maybe you should understand that it, it should have never gotten to that extent, period. There's a sense of respect and morality that should be held. And I'm not trying to play victim just because you've made me a statistic. You know, I understand that there's two sides to a story, just like mm-hmm. what you were saying. But I get that in this situation, especially because it's a relationship, people say, well, maybe he's going through. And the fact that it's us as women that have to give more support to the men because due to him losing his job, his ego isn't there and his, you know, confidence isn't there. And then here we are that go through nine months of pregnancy, 
you know, our bodies mm -hmm. go through changes and then we have to continue to pour into something that's not pouring into us. It's not right. equal. So the myth that I don't like is the fact that it's always, well, what did you do to help mm -hmm. him not get to that level? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, I did enough and he still got there. So everyone needs to take accountability. Also, another myth is you're just going to go back. Oh, I know you're going to go back. You're not done. You still love him. How could you still love him after all he's done? And it's just like, it's Ugh. not that easy. You know, like that's a myth too that I want my audience to understand. These words hurt us because even though we left, like I said before, we didn't fall out of love. And I know for other people, like if a random person hits you, you're done with them. But, you know, when you're in love with someone who abused you, it's hard because you don't even see them as themselves. You see them as something else. Like they transform into this dark monster. And it's just like, where's the person that I originally met? The person that I originally right. fell in love with. And it's hard to take yourself through the stages to say this is a part of him. That monster face is a part of that person mm -hmm. that originally was able to be lovable and who I was able to connect with. That accepting part is very hard and that takes time. I also like to say that it's like a grieving stage, just like the loss of losing someone from, you know, physically. Oh, yeah. Life. It's oh, yeah. the same as an abuser. When you let go you, that your abuser, it's the same. So like if you don't put like if my mother passed away, you won't tell me, well, you're not over that anymore. Like that's rude. You can't right. get that reaction. <laughs> So I feel like as a survivor, I just would like that same grace. I'm not telling you to give me 15 years to fall out of love, but don't put a time frame on it. And also don't judge me in my healing process. That's a myth Correct. I want to change. <laughs> I love that. What are some changes and shifts in your action that helped you prevent stress and anxiousness in a painful situation? So I know that you shared the cold showers and <laughs> putting some dicks on it. But are there anything else that you do? Because sometimes like if a memory were played, like for me, certain songs were triggering because I remember like I'm oh, yeah. an R&B person and he oh, yeah. would, it, a song will play and I'm like, oh, he used to sing that to me. Please turn the music off. Turn the music off. Because the words don't even mean what it's saying, you know, because he lied to me and I'm hurt. And then it's reliving that pain. So in situations Yeah, you almost, like that, you almost you send prepare? yourself through that own roller coaster again but it's you doing it to yes. yourself. Yeah. So how do you prevent um, that stress? Oh man, that one's hard. I'm still I trying know. to learn that a little bit just because I, I haven't found a lot of things that consistently help me yet. I have a lot of things that like make me remember him a lot because we did everything together. So when a certain yeah. song comes on, I guess it's more of just like me being stubborn where I'm just like, I've always yeah. been like the rough sibling in my family. I've, I'm the real like tough one. I, and I'll take a punch if I need to. So like if I hear a song that is going to make me cry, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to cry then. I'm going to feel it like because I need to because it's making it. me feel it. I need to let it out because if I don't feel it now, I'm going to feel it later. And if I feel it later in a different way, I, it may not be in the way that I want it to. So I'm learning to just kind of take it as comes. And just kind of roll with the punches at, uh, right now. And I, I just kind of face my demons head on with things like that, at least, you know, things that remind me. Um, if I find myself going back and looking at conversations, like 
I find myself doing this a lot where I look at like old conversations and I try to like, did I present myself in a right way? Did I say that right? Or how could I have said this better to not have caused the argument? And then I have to catch myself when I'm in those moments because I'm like, I did everything that I needed to. That's right. And absolutely. Once it started getting to the point of this is how I need to express it, obviously, you know, there was just me setting a boundary and my boundaries are just as important. And those are moments I catch myself and I have to just like stop, you know, I stop myself like, no, you're fine. You got this. Oh, yeah. I think that's another um, hard part because you replay the situation multiple times before you even give yourself the grace to let it go. Um, Because you want to see how you could have done something different. But I feel like even if I am arguing, yelling, it does not give the right to put your hand to that extent to abuse someone. I am very big on the I'm not having this conversation right now because I see that I'm getting upset. That's my tactic. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to remove myself from this room. Those are things I encourage others to do because that's what I do. And, you know, as far as letting go, some of the memories are very hard. That's another level of letting go and moving forward. But like when it comes to music, I have my boyfriend now, he always tells me, well, you know, rewrite the story. He says, when you hear a song, you guys, yeah, he told me, rewrite Smile where you've cried. Give it a new meaning. He told me to give it a new meaning. So I love the fact that you say that you listen to the song. And if in that moment you need to cry, get it out. Don't avoid it. For one whole year, I avoided every song that he dedicated to me. And now I sing it as if he never even existed in my life. Right. Because I'm And, and how good does it make you feel? Like singing those songs again, being able to like love those songs again. It, it just makes you feel good, you know? It makes me feel like I've accomplished, you know, people lie. So I just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, he lied to me, but I'm still standing. And that I'm a winner you know, even in this. So it just reminds me of my strength because you lose yourself. And when you Mm -hmm. understand your worth, I think hearing the music reminds me that I am on the right road and not right. You know, I'm doing the right right things to stand up for myself. Talking about standing up for yourself, I want to encourage someone by filling in the blank. So I want you to help me with this. We're going to talk about three things. We stand with, we stand against, and we stand together So I want you to fill it in with the word so that we can encourage another survivor. So we stand with speaking out. I love it. I I stand with speaking out. Don't be shy about it. And don't ever think that somebody's going to judge you any differently. And if they do, then those aren't the people that you need around you to begin with. The people that are going to be there for you are the ones that are telling you, Hey, you are a survivor. Let's get you some help after this. You're not a victim. You're a survivor. I love it. We stand against, I stand against self-sabotage. Don't put yourself down. Don't make yourself think that you deserved any bit of any type of abuse you've ever endured. Nobody, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, no abuse should ever be given. You know, nobody should ever feel that the abuse that they've endured was something that they deserved. Okay. And the last one is we stand together. I think we stand together strong. Yeah. You're, yes. you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you see that 
someone's down in your circle, then it's your job to pick them up. Thank you so much for those three gems. I'm so honored and inspired by you. You are you're a queen warrior, okay? I'm so happy <laughs> to have you to share your story and encourage others to stand, stand with, stand against, and stand together to spread the light of peace and to end domestic violence. That is definitely our goal, to bring awareness so that our little ones, daughters, cousins, children of the future can learn from our experience. And I am so, so happy that you've shared your story on my platform. Thank you so much so for having you. me. Honestly, it's been an honor being able to share my story. I hope I can come back on here soon tell you how it all ends out. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Everyone deserves a relationship free from domestic violence. Understanding the signs of abuse, how power and control operate, puts power back to those affected by the traumatic situation. Supporting someone who experienced abuse can be challenging, but it is very important. It's important that you remain judgment-free Understanding that healing doesn't come with a time limit. Each victim requires their own growth process. If you or someone you know have questions about your relationship, please contact the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Speak with an advocate at thehotline.org or text START to 88788. And remember, you are not alone. There is support that helps you find the light to peace. And before we end, we will close with our warrior prayer. Heavenly Father, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that live within us, the anxieties that perplex us, the despair that frightens us, and the frustration that keeps us from thinking clearly. Some of the things we face may be physical, mental, and verbal abuse. We surrender to you everything, who we are and who we strive to be. We pray for the abusers as well and ask that you restrain them, Lord. Please intercede on the behalf of those being mistreated. Put an end to abuse in your name, Lord. We lay down our past, present, and future problems, all the hurt, pain, worry, doubt, fear, and anxiety. We ask that your compassion and care continue to cover us as we heal. Amen.